Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, everybody. It's Julie. Welcome to the Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we have fun talking about green growing things that God gave us. Today, we're going to talk about chicory. Now, maybe you've heard about chicory coffee. I know I love chicory coffee. That I had to make sure I made a visit to Cafe du Monde years ago when I was in New Orleans, and that was awesome. And I have occasionally gotten the Cafe du Monde coffee that they sell at the grocery store, but not quite the same thing. And yes, it is this plant, uh, the chicory plant that... Um, they get the chicory coffee from, but we're going to learn that this plant is a dynamo that has so much more to offer than just coffee, even though it's not necessarily commonly used for more than coffee, but it is a common backyard weed. So... Listen carefully to all of the historic uses of this wonderful weed that you can find all over the place on roadsides and ditches and all kinds of things Um, so that you can learn some things about how this plant uh, is, you know, quite possibly uh, a good plant to have around today. So first of all, Chicory is called Citorium intibus in Latin. And why do I always talk about the Latin names? Is because some plants have the same common name, but they're not the same plant. Uh, Depends on what part of the world you're in. And the reason why I mention that with chicory is because in some places, chicory actually refers to endive, which is a completely different plant than what we're talking about, even though they are related. Uh, They don't have the same medicinal qualities and they don't even really look the same. So you have to be careful about the real scientific name of the plant. So we are talking about Citorium intibus. Okay, it is, uh, as I mentioned, the plant that's used in the chicory coffee served in New Orleans, and it um, it's very popular there. But it is a very old plant that, once again, originates in uh, Eurasia. It was commonly cultivated as far back as ancient Egypt. They talked about it, and they used it as a medicinal plant. They did not make coffee with it. Uh, They used it as a liver tonic. They used it as a sedative. And they used it as an appetite stimulant. Hmm. And the writings of Virgil and Pliny, 
uh, those ancient philosophers, they talked about it as a tasty vegetable and salad green. The ancient doctor Galen, he wrote that it was a friend of the liver. So they used it similar, similarly to the Egyptians. And uh, it's also good for animal fodder. And they may have used it for that in ancient times as well as in more modern times because it, it is a cheap and easy way to feed grazing animals as chicory grows almost anywhere uh, that, that you throw the seeds. Uh, it came to the United States with the colonists who used it as a medicinal herb, uh, just like a lot of the other plants that we now call weeds and that didn't originate here. They came here with the colonists who intentionally brought them here. Uh, so, you know, when we think about these plants that grow everywhere now that we think of as weeds and that we think of as pests, that they're here because somebody brought them here, so they must have some value. So that's a, that's an interesting thought with that. Um, and even though most of the colonists brought it here as a medicinal herb, some people did grow it intentionally as animal fodder. And one of those people was Thomas Jefferson, for example. Now, uh, chicory... Uh, the greens are used as a bitter herb as part of Passover celebrations, and they are used as part of a spring green tonic in many cultures around the world. So, if historically chicory is used as a medicinal herb and tasty salad green, then how did it ever come to be used for coffee? Well, we don't really know exactly when it started to be used as coffee, but we do have records of American colonists adding it to their coffee, and we know that the French used it as a coffee substitute when Napoleon instituted the Continental Blockade of 1808. Now, prior to that, it had been incorporated into coffee drinks in some of the premier coffee houses in other parts of Europe, including Holland, London, and a few other places. So the story goes that a couple of gentlemen... Uh, probably from Holland, came to Fran France and introduced it to the French, uh, who, of course, always have to stay on top of those kinds of things. They uh, like to be, um, at that time, uh, like to be the premier uh, modern and trendy uh, kinds of fads. And, and because it was popular everywhere else, they, they brought it to, Fran to France too, so they could enjoy it as well. So... They liked it, and they started to incorporate it. But then when the Continental Blockade was instituted, they, they couldn't get coffee from other parts of the world anymore, so they had to figure out some substitutes and ways to stretch the coffee that they did have. And so they thought they took the... Uh, 
the uh, the introduction of what of, of chicory from Holland, and they took it to another level, and it became very popular as a substitute for coffee. And even after the blockade was lifted, they continued to use it in their coffee because they thought that it was a healthier alternative. And they were right. (laughs) And of course, the French owned some land. They were in control of some land in the Americas, primarily the Caribbean, Cuba, uh, New Orleans, the port of New Orleans uh, was under their control. And so they were able to bring their love of chicory and coffee together uh, to the Americas and specifically for uh, the United States, where I'm talking from, uh, specifically to Louisiana and uh, the New Orleans area. So they brought that in there and, of course, enjoyed it as a yummy additive to their coffee until the Civil War. And, of course, during the Civil War, the Union uh, blockaded, that sounds familiar, (laughs) they blockaded the port. And so they could not get coffee into uh, New Orleans. So instead, they looked to chicory again to extend their coffee supply and as a substitute for coffee. And it was very popular. And so... Even after the Civil War was over, it became a tradition to make chicory coffee. And so it, even now down in that area, you can go into Cafe Demand and some of the other cafes even and get chicory coffee. So it's coffee and part chicory as well. And interestingly enough, because of the plant material that you can get from chicory, you can, uh, you can get what would seem to be more quote unquote coffee out of, uh, less plant material, uh, because of how chicory sort of extends the flavor. And when you cook chicory down, it releases these sugars and caramelizes and stuff and just adds to the flavor. So it really makes the coffee very tasty. So that's how we got its use in coffee as we know it now. But chicory is not really grown commercially here in the U.S. It is grown commercially in France and in South Africa, kind of like how sugar beets are grown as a commercial crop. So they, they grow it and it's, you know, it's harvested mechanically and it's the roots that are used for the coffee. Uh, they, you know, they're pulled up and, uh, roast, they're boiled and um, and then dried and roasted and all of that to make the coffee. So um, <clears throat> it isn't uh, it, even even today. Cafe Du Monde and other cafes have they import the chicory from France to make the chicory coffee. So that's interesting. Even though it's commonly found 
all over the roadsides and vacant lots and backyards all over the United States to make the coffee. Yeah, it comes from someplace else. So what does this plant look like? So I mentioned that you can find it almost anywhere, but you probably have seen it and didn't know it. So like a lot of other weedy plants, it, it does have some resemblance to dandelion, at least in the leaves and uh, how they it has a rosette of leaves that are deeply toothed, and then it sends up the central stalk. Uh, it's very interesting to me how they're all like that. And they all, and, and they all have these deep tap roots too. So just like dandelion has a deep tap root, uh, and it's the tap root that of course is the useful part, just like in dandelion as well. Uh, although the greens do have some value as well, but, um, Aside from the rosette, the central stalk is does not bear any resemblance to the dandelion. Instead, it's like these, uh, it's a hairy stalk uh, that has little flat little leaves on it that are kind of sparse, and um, the flowers, the blue flowers, are about maybe an inch, an inch and a half across. And it's about 15 to 20 uh, petals. And the petals have like notches in them. And it's kind of this pale blue. It's not a deep blue. Uh, it's a pale kind of blue. And the central disc is, it's kind of small with uh, hardly noticeable little pistils and uh, pistil and, and stamens in there. So the whole thing is blue and it has an interesting pattern that the flowers will open very early and then partway through the day, maybe around noon, the flowers will close up. It's very, it's very cool. These and the chickweed, remember that one, how that has a similar kind of pattern. So you have to watch because if you're if you don't look if you don't look for it early in the morning you you may not be able to find it because the flowers would be all folded up, and and it disappears. Uh, so another thing that's interesting is that the petals. It is said that the petals, these blue petals, can be turned red by the acid of ants if you put the petals on an anthill. Now, I've not tried that. I don't know how true it is, but the herbalist, Mrs. C.F. Lyle, she tried it and that's what happened. So that's a fun fact that maybe might be worth experimenting with to see what happens. And the flowers themselves can be used as a dye. Um, so you could, they, they do have some use, but not medicinally. So the greens of this plant are a good source well, and the roots, but you don't want to eat the long tap roots cause they're fibrous and bitter. Not, they're not really good for eating, but if you use the young, the young roots, those are better 
than the big roots. So it has to be a really young plant though. But the greens and the young roots, if you eat them, they're a good source of folic acid, potassium, vitamin C, vitamin A, and something called prebiotic inulin. Inulin is a kind of sugar that uh, it feeds the bacteria in your uh, gut. So it's a good food for them. It helps them to reproduce. So as opposed to a probiotic that a probiotic gives you more of the healthy bacteria. A prebiotic, it feeds the bacteria that's already there and helps them to reproduce and, and keep them healthy. So it's a kind of fiber. It's, it, it's a fiber that they like. So the chicory has a lot of that, and that's part of what helps it to caramelize, as I was talking about earlier. So that's a good, healthy plant. And it, the, the, this little plant... A uh, very, you know, nondescript, you know, blue flowers, like I said, all over the place. Uh, those, those uses I mentioned earlier that have been, it's been noted for through history. Well, modern research confirms a lot of those things, plus a ton more. So, mod modern research shows that there are more than 100, 100 different active constituents in the plant. A hundred different active compounds in this one little plant. It has shown activity against strains of strep, E. coli, staph, candida, salmonella, and other types of bacterial, microbial, infectious agents. So think about that. This, um, this backyard weed has shown antimicrobial activity in uh, clinical trials that, that are done by researchers. So um, that's pretty interesting. Animals who graze on it show a low, lower incidence of worms. So if the animals show less worms because of eating chicory, and that's the green parts of the chicory, right? Because they are not pulling up the roots. Um, what, what, what might that say for people? Uh, and... It also confirms some other interesting uses that different parts of the world have for this plant. So in Afghanistan, they've traditionally used chicory as a uh, remedy against malarial fevers. Well, research confirms that it is effective against malarial fevers. Uh, it also confirms, research also confirms the long tradition of use as a liver tonic. Remember I said earlier that it had been used long, long, long ago as a liver tonic. Recent research confirms that use, that it does have um, liver protective activity. And experiments with rats confirm other uses, such as 
controlling diabetes because of that inulin that I mentioned. Um, it, it can provide um, like a sugary kind of taste without affecting glucose levels. So um, it's useful for that. It also has anti-inflammatory, anti-ulcerative, antioxidant, anti-tumor, and, and a bunch of other things. There's a, the list goes on for this weed. Uh, it's quite an amazing little plant. And to think that it, a lot of these uh, research verified activities of this plant uh, have gone unused for a while, that it's mostly just been roasted and dried and used for coffee. But it people using it for that purpose, maybe they maybe they got some of these uh, protective uh, you know protective aspects of the plant. So it's also been used for inflamed eyes and as a laxative in children. But uh, I would give some caution here because it is from a plant family called Asteraceae, where a lot of allergy-causing plants come from. So it, it can um, stir up allergic reactions in some people. And some people who have had large, large amounts of this plant uh, have had some not-so-pleasant side effects. Um, so remember that this show is about teaching about historical uses and modern research. And um, what you do with that information is your own personal responsibility. Um, that the show is not about diagnosing, treating, preventing, or curing any illnesses that you might have. Uh, so I just want to keep that in mind as we are learning about this plant and as you sit there in awe about all these things that this weed does and might be tempted to go out and just pick a whole bunch of it and see what you could do with that. Um, and, you know, uh, that might be a fun activity. See, explore this plant a little bit more. So that's what I have for you today. I hope that you've enjoyed this program. You can uh, connect with me on Facebook at Julie Naturally or on Instagram at Successful.Unschooler. Thank you for joining me today on this show. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless. God bless.